All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Yo, what up? It's Von Sigalo. Last week, we got into part one of our interview with Fred Hammond, and y'all heard that one. Get ready for part two. We go even deeper, and it's even better. Questlove Supreme is in the house, y'all. Yep. I asked you initially, and then we got sidetracked, but can you just briefly talk about what the gospel circuit is like in, remember I told you the, the whole thing, like, okay, you're, you're touring with the Winans. What is, what is a working musician making with the Winans in 1980, on, 81? Just keep it funky radio. Hotel conditions like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Are y'all in one hotel know, and the wine is in another one? <laughs> 18 PG. Oh, we're in the same yeah, hotel. Is there, is, there, okay. is there a rider? I just want to know, like, yeah. What a working musician makes in the gospel circuit. Like, it, are you playing just churches? Or is it banquet halls? Is it theaters? Like, mm. take me through. All right, you get me a gig drumming with the with the Winans. It, explain to me the whole process. Okay, so the Winans, when they came out, their record, they had a great manager. They had a couple of great managers. Derek Dirksen was one of them. Uh, a couple of other people. And they had writers. You know, down to just like a because these managers manage secular acts. So they had writers and we were doing mainly theaters. And back at that time, they had this thing called the world's greatest gospel show, James Cleveland, Mighty Clouds. And they were doing arenas. They were doing literal arenas like Cobo Hall or Mm. something. And uh, so we did a lot of big, big dates. When we did a church, we felt like you know, it was beneath us, you know, even church was big because we were used to not doing churches. The winers had a thing that they said, we don't want to play churches because we don't want to alienate. Some people don't want to come to church and we want everybody to hear our music. So we did a lot of theaters, you know, did a lot of theaters, uh, Mm -hmm. Beacon Theater. We did Radio City. We did a lot of, lot of things. So they had a writer. We all stayed in the hotel. We traveled by Greyhound bus and van. Every now and then we would tr- we would fly. Um, right. But um, 
we, we, we traveled. We didn't have no problem loading up in a 16 passenger, you know, and heading down the road, you know. So that was the case. But here's the, let, let's let's talk about the money. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It, 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 it got strange. It got really weird. It got weird. I started off making because I knew they were charging like three fifth thirty five hundred a night. Then they right. were moving up four thousand dollars a night. They were moving up the ranks, and they we started off making two fifty a night. And we was okay. like, man, this is great money. Well, somebody told them, like you know, as you guys make more money, the band is going to make less money. And they took that wrong. So when they went up to 4,500, we went down to 175. They went up. Oh. When they went up to 5,000, we went down to like 100. Oh. It got down to $50 a night Shut because they were up. like, hey, hey, you know, where else y'all going to play? Well, who else y'all going to play for? You know, this, we don't, we the only kind of game in town, you know, and we literally got down to $50 a night and I was on welfare. I was literally collecting unemployment and having to go out of town. So I go to Oakland. Mm -hmm. I have to stop off at the unemployment office. I go into, I go into KFC right next to the unemployment office and say, Hey, y'all looking for anybody? Y'all got applications? They say, no, nah, we ain't hiring. And I go in the, in, in, in the, the unemployment the office say, I will look for a job. I, I, I look for a job. <laughs> and they say, okay, cool. I sign the little thing. I go back home. I collect my $50 from the wine. It's three nights. I got a buck 50. Plus, that wasn't per diem. That your per diem was in your pay. So I would end up going home. Like wait, 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 wait. Oh wow. It was it was kind of it was it was it was it was it was a thing. You know, Fred, how did I you let it get that bad? Why did why did you guys let it get to that point? I think like that was just a standard, yo. I mean, I'm just curious as like you didn't nobody ever say anything like yo, okay, now it's a hundred. Oh, That's no, what no, y'all no. tripping. Oh, no, no. My drummer, my, my 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 one of my best friends in the group at the time, his name was Sandy Lovely. He was a mm -hmm. great drummer, and he just got to a point and said, Man, I can't go out for this. Yeah. I gotta get a job. I'm gonna give me a job at, at Chrysler. And we had meetings like, guys, can we get more money? And they were they were at a place where they were so hot. They were like, if you don't want to play, you know, somebody, yeah, somebody else. And that was just the way it was. And they weren't mean. They would just call themselves being mm -hmm. business people. And I stayed as long as I, I physically could. I, I was making I literally, man, was on welfare and playing. And I, I just stuck hung in there. I never forget. We went to California for a month. And I had to pay for my own food. Every now and then they would pay for our food, you know, come on and sit on down. But they only had a few gigs. We probably had seven gigs out there. So 50 times seven is what it was. And I had to eat. So when I went home, I probably went home literally with like 180 bucks in my pocket. Ooh, I didn't that's a love care. Offering. Yeah, I that's what I'm care. saying. But my thing was, I loved it so much. Right. And I thought, at being young and gullible, I'm like, well, this is how it goes. I'm not leaving. This is the best place for me. So it's not going to be about money. I didn't realize I was learning. It's not about money. When you do this, you got to have a passion. So that's what it was. <laughs> Another question I always wanted to know. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a, a, you know, a household with at least 3000 records. I'm very, very, very familiar with the light label. So I know about <laughs> the history of, of Ralph Carmichael. Yeah, um, man. And whatnot. 
could you explain for our listeners and to me too because i know very little like was light a detroit label and like why were why was that the was that the go-to was that the motown of gospel labels back then it was andre crouch made light records ralph carmichael and andre crouch were really good friends and ralph invested in andre's earliest music you know and then andre just blew it up man and just he just that's what did it that's what did it andre crouch built light records and then the winers went at that same time Andre had a little something and they had to kind of part ways. Andre went to Warner Brothers, you know, from Mm -hmm. there. And so the Winans ran Light Records and Light Records was a major, major force. But it was from L.A. They lived, they were out in Pasadena and somewhere out there. And, you know, out there, that's where Light Records was. The Hawkins, too. The Hawkins Hawkins were on Light. The Hawkins were in uh, in the Bay Area and they were on Light. Yeah. Their first record and all of their records were on Light Records. Yeah. Light was the major label at that point. Word Records hadn't even come into play yet. You know, Light was the thing. And then Ralph, he retired and gave his uh, reins over to another guy. And that's when Commission came in. And we salvaged because we were making money for Light Records. You know, we was, we was really turning some records over. Okay, so now that we're there, can you please tell me just the average creative at least for the, the I'm going on and the go tell us like your first two records. Can you tell me what the creative process is for making those albums as in who's the alpha that makes the decisions who, how do you guys, especially, I mean, there's six of you or seven of you, six mm-hmm. of you, like, is it really democratic or is it just like what you say goes or what, like, what's the, as Fonte would say, sort of the division of labor in in creating these records? Um, man, I was good, and I've always been good at delegating. You know, uh, I, I understood it. So I, I, I broke the group up into two pieces because the singers, Carl Mitchell and Keith, they weren't really, Mitchell was, he was, he was kind of key in learning the music side. But I had a very funk background. So I would divide it up into, here's the singers, this is what we do, and then it was Michael Brooks and myself, me and Mike. Mike was the keyboard player and he was the songwriter. So we would take his songs. He would say, this is this, 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 this. And then we would add the flair to it. We put the swag on it. Mitchell and I would put the swag on it. And I was, it was never about me, you know, running the show. I, we were just glad that Mike Brooks was such a good songwriter. He was phenomenal. All of them songs back then basically came from him. We didn't even know anything about songwriting. He was teaching us. But we took his songs and we made them as good as they could be. So, you know, we just, we understood that level. So I was really a producer from that angle. Mike was the writer, arranger, and producer. So we worked well together. You know, we, we never saw anything different from Timmy, Jimmy and Terry or, or from Babyface in L.A. So we just took it that, you know, you work together. No, you know, whatever you feel, how you feel about that. He said, oh, I like that. I say, well, I like what you're doing. So we just did that and it worked. You know what I mean? That's what's up. What was the, uh, in terms of stacking y'all, recording y'all background vocals, what was that process like? John Yash, a good friend of mine, great, great engineer. 
he ended up getting fired off our first record. Because There's a lot of firing going on in the commission. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> hey, y'all was getting people out of there, cuz. <laughs> that boys won't play. I've never heard the word fire so much. So here's what we were doing. We heard a different sound from what everybody else heard when it comes to background. So we took and we stacked, you know, each part, you know, four, four, and four. And mm. our backgrounds were more Clark sisters. One of the songs that we learned, our first song we learned. And when you say, real real quick, just when you say 444, are each one of y'all, like four of y'all singing the same part and y'all are tracking? Four of us were singing two two tracks because it was 24 track at that time. So you really had to manage your jump. Uh So we would sing the bottom. Then we'd sing the middle. Then sometimes Mitchell, Carl, and I would sing the top or just Carl and Mitchell would sing the top. So gotcha. we had six tracks of vocals, but we we had intricate parts because we were always concentrating on the Clark sisters. Our first song we ever learned in my mother's in my mother's living room was Lord give us a praying spirit, praying yeah. spirit. Lord help me to say yeah, yeah, yeah. When we sang that and learned that, man, we ran out like we had ran a grand. We jumped. Got the off off the porch. We learned it, so we said, "This is how our vocals are going to be." So now we're singing this song. If we ever need Lord before, surely we need Him now, and we're singing it. And surely we need, surely we need, surely we need Him now. And when we did that part, we were amazed. But the engineer said, "No, you can't have the vocals up that loud." They need to be back here. I said, but they don't sound good back there. We mm. want them up louder because it's like background leads. And we had a thing because nobody was doing it that way. So finally, he put them where he wanted them. And we just said, okay, cool. I went into the stage manager. I mean, the studio manager, I told her, I said, you know, we need to get our masters. She said, you leave? <laughs> I said, yeah. And uh, she said, why? I said, I didn't want to get him, you know, fired. I want, you know, he said, well, we think our voices sound better up here. He said, who paying for this? Is he paying for this or are we paying? For, are you paying? And I said, we are. She said, you better grow a pair. I'm going to teach you how to be a man. Here's your record. <laughs> Next week came back. It was a different engineer there. And he turned it up where we wanted. And the commission sound was burnt. I love that. The very next album, though, we went back with John. And he got it. And, and he was uh, our uh, engineer. He the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, Brother Hammond, can you explain the influence and what makes the Clark sisters, their sound or their blend, like what makes it so special than anyone's form of background blending or whatnot? Twinkie. One word. Twinkie Clark. At that time, Twinkie Clark. Twinkie was Stevie to us. How she played, when she sat down, how she played, how she arranged her harmonies and what she did. It was just amazing. And so you have Karen and Dorinda and you have Den- you had Denise at that time and Jackie. And Twinkie was giving out these crazy parts and these crazy chords. And it was blowing us all away. It was amazing. If you go back and listen to it, the, the recordings weren't that great productionalized and sonically, you know, there's a lot of mistakes that kept going. But if you listen to the heart of Twinkie Clark's arrangement, 
It was just with like that praying spirit. That is an amazing song. That was our yep. North Star to say, mm. we want to make people feel like this about our record. Because at that time, we didn't want to sound like the Winans because they were kind of straight ahead. You know, Four Tops, Temptations, you know, they was they were that. They were? But we wanted to be different. They were that. It's they were time, that. They were time to make a change. Yeah. That's... <laughs> go back to go back to go back to question is no 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 just 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 straight harmony on down. So to you to you that was regular, just regular flat like harmony one on one. That was one on one. My my parents lived for that record, so I'm growing up thinking that the Winans are the epicenter of you know and the absolute force of gospel singing but for you that was just normalized and the clark sisters were top shelf it was as far as being creative the clark okay. sisters were top shelf as far as the blend the wine and brothers there was a blend like no other because they were family, family. so we took yeah. the we took the polished of the winers and we took the creativity of the clark sisters and that's what commission was going. So if the Winans, commission, and Clark sisters got together, then they produced us. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's what you hear. You know, but it was about Twinkie. Twinkie was beast. She was a beast. She was a she was amazing, and um, that's where we got it from. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So, okay. Actually, I want to direct this to James because here's the deal. Again, when I, you know, at the top of the show, I explained that when I was in high school, it, it was almost like a gang experience. And I'm at performing arts school and you got like one cat, like Kurt Rosenwinkel's into Frank Zappa. So you got to learn his language. But then like Chris McBride and Joey DeFrancesco are heavy jazz cats. So you got to listen to like anything on Blue Note. 
And then, of course, you know, my partner, Tariq, is, is hip-hop and whatnot. And so there was the fourth category of cats who only lived for commission. And so, you know, like I, even though we didn't go to the same school together, like Little John Roberts, uh, as a drummer, was how I knew commission. Because the thing is, you know, like I'm thinking like with my legacy of who my dad was and whatnot, I'm finally like in a high school situation, which I could play like all city jazz band, all that stuff. So I'm thinking like the red carpet is just ready for me and like, you know, for me to get my thing on. And little John Roberts, who's way younger than I was, like he's like three, four years younger. You know, this this little you know, eighth grade runt is playing like an adult. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's little John's let me know, like, like, I, what you don't know about commission. And I'm realizing, you know, cause again, I, I was team Prince. That's, that's who I, that's who I chose as, you know, Prince the time and all that stuff. I, I wasn't hip to commission and yet all my peers, like all those first generation monster cats, were just like st- taking every word as like bond. So for you, for you, James, like how how much of their work like was influential to you coming up in, in your dad's church and whatnot? Oh my see, I grew up in my father's a bishop and a Jamaican bishop, which means that we ain't we couldn't do nothing. As my dad said, you can't do this. You can't do that. You know? <laughs> Wait, so, you trying to tell him he had to sneak to listen to the commission? Let, no, 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 no. That oh. was the only, okay, those, okay. Were, those were the only records that I could listen to. You know, we I grew up, you know, the records that were, were in the house were the Andre Crouch and the Hawkins and so forth. And um, so listen to that. But when commission came, it was like, this is something new. All my musician buddies at the time that grew up in the church were like, yo, have you, you checked this out? The very beginning of I'm going on. It was like, what is that? So it was like we had something, we had something cool to listen to. You know what I mean? Something that was y'all's. Yeah, something that was us. Yeah. Explain to me what year did gospel stop? really let itself go of like the the gospel quartet like when did gospel really let go because even now i collect like i love collecting gospel records that will take that one secular song and turn it into a gospel song like shalimar second time around or you know there's a whispers and the beat goes on gospel version there's a lovely day that's gospelized you know there's always that one token song where they like take a secular song and do it. But the rest of the stuff is like old time gospel. At, at what point in the gospel world do you not have to feel shame that you're making people dance and not playing the regular gospel right. time, old time gospel you swing? Shot, you brought the sunshine maybe, right? Yep. Yeah, the Clark sisters, yeah. yeah. Brought the sunshine. Yep. It caused a lot yeah. of controversy. Ooh, yes. yeah. I mean, yeah. that was a master blast of jamming. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. 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 So that's the first time in which, like, I mean, if you go back to Edwin Hawk, Edwin Hawkins, though, Oh Happy Day, too. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Even then, like, that's still gospel to me. But, like, what's the point where, like, you know, where you, if you take the vocals away, it could be a secular song. Like, 
at what point does that happen? It really took hold when BB and CC's first IOU me. Uh, yes, I got it right. Yeah. I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it out loud. Thank you, Fred. I was thinking <laughs> BB and CC. That's when it really took hold because they you, people didn't know if there was a love song album. Or mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. when it got popular to actually sing music. Yes. Keith Thomas was the was the producer at that time. He was a white yeah. boy with a lot of songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Keith Thomas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Keith Thomas. And, and yeah. Heaven... He Heaven did a lot of Vanessa Williams, Williams stuff too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's when it really kicked in. So when you're playing in church, are there any elders ever giving you side eye? Yes. Like, because yeah. even even my like, I, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't come from the church per se, but I played drums in my church occasionally. So like, you know, in '86, '87, you know, I, I might put a little bit of top billing into whatever we're doing or play like Uh-oh. a run DMC break beat or whatever. And occasionally like an older uncle would give me that look like, I know what you're doing. You know, like, how you know older people didn't know <laughs> the moment when the kids start doing the WAP, then they're like, Oh, you're playing secular. You don't do that. Like uplift. So are you at all ever getting like side eyes? If you start referencing a popular baseline if you start doing not just knee deep or something like in your music man we caught the blues with that man we caught the blues with that we were getting man we got picketed we got picketed what? at a show wait i wasn't expecting that <laughs> commission we were doing a we were doing a convention in kentucky i believe cincinnati or kentucky and man there was they said man we don't want to we don't want to bum you out but there's a whole bunch of people, about 20 to 30 people out in the front, and they got picket signs saying, this music is going to send you to hell. Oh, yeah. What? And I never wow. forgot. I never forgot. Mm-hmm. It was like a scene out of a movie. Driving up, all of a sudden, we in slow motion. You hear some strings playing, and you see these people, hey, 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 devil's music, <laughs> devil's music. And we just sitting there like, what are you doing? But it was still a line of young people waiting to get in. Mm-hmm. And when we got inside, we played like never before. We weren't really rebellious. We were kind of hurt because we didn't see that like that. But we played anyway. And the kids came in there and they had a great time. And we did have a lot of elders and people say, I don't understand it. Like one pastor was totally against us. And the only reason he stopped being totally against us is that another pastor had a son that was on drugs that was getting clean because he was listening to our music. And he would come to church. He said, I don't know what them boys is doing, but I tell you this, if they can get him to do his job, I ain't mad at it. And it started changing some people around, but it took a long time. Man, people was picking at us because we had on blue jeans. We were the first group to ever wear blue jeans on a record. So we was like new edition <laughs> and people just thought people wouldn't buy a record just because of what we had on that first album. They wouldn't even buy it. Mm. What? Yeah. Y'all think the church is keeping is, is catching up yet? With the young folks, how y'all everybody, feel like? Oh no, they, they in now. They in. <laughs> we okay. Everybody, everybody ain't in though. That's why I was asking. Yeah, I'm like, not, you think music in church now? Churches. I go to the Potter's house. I okay. go to Bishop Jake's in the Potter's house. Okay. So we have we have dance ministries. We have youth ministries, and they could do whatever it is, as long as it's not sexual looking. They could do any dance. They can whoa. They can do whatever they want to do to anything because he encourages. 
man, this is current. This is what we're doing. There's nothing wrong with this. We we better offer them something. Yes. Somebody yes. else is going to offer them something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to give her something because they're going to, the poll is going to offer her something. So, you know, let's be smart yeah. about these young people. And they're, they're with it now. But um, coming up, man, Eric Robertson is one of my best friends. Yes. Right? I was going to ask about you about that. that. Yeah, I was going to ask you. United Tenors. Yes, yeah. yes indeed. Tenors. So he... I never forget. They told me they said they they they, they brought him down to Papados, and they said he had a special guest for his birthday. And they brought me in the room. He literally started crying, and oh. we started, and we stayed friends ever since. But he told the story that really blessed me. He said he hated gospel music because it was mm-hmm. he didn't like yeah. it, and his mother said you got to listen to it. But she was praying for something. So one day he was downstairs ironing his clothes. And his mother put our record on the on the ironing board, and he saw that we had clothes with like he did, and he list, looked at it, and he played it. He said, "I literally started crying." He said, "Cause you guys, you said it, you guys made it cool to do gospel, mm-hmm. and that's when it, and it flipped." He and I talk about to this day. That's my guy. Good day. Yeah, now Eric's my man. Now. That's yeah. that's big. Yeah. Coming soon to Quest Love Supreme. You hear me? Yeah, we need to get it. <laughs> I'm 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 mind blown. I wasn't expecting the picketing. I I thought like you guys broke through the other side and everyone was with it. So it's basically like the black foot loose. Like I was yeah, yeah I'm I was about to say it's always a chick with a skirt <laughs> underneath her knees ready to picket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like black foot loose. Well, I also want to know: Has there ever been musically speaking? Uh, how how long would you guys rehearse and? You know, was there ever a pressure to top yourselves as far as your musicality? Because, you know, again, some of these songs are are straight ahead funk songs, but then like you guys will get on your return to forever, you know, crazy arrangements at the end thing. And, you know, so how 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 what's the what's the regiment for like practicing and coming up with new ideas and whatnot? There was a point in time when we were doing the first several set of records when our budgets were really, really small. Mm -hmm. What we would do was put 20 hours of practice time in a basement to every four hours of studio time because we didn't have much money. When you get in the studio, you can knock it out. We're knocking it out. And then we was putting fines in place. We we had no money, but we was putting fines in place. You know, if you miss a, if you, because you had to do a take. You got one take because we was like, no, we're going to be do this in one take. If you messed it up, man, that's a five dollar fine, you know. <laughs> and so the next one we would honestly. But we were on it man, because we would and we loved rehearsing. We didn't really have no jobs, so we loved rehearsing, man. We we just saw ourselves in a bit of better place. So we would either be in Michael Brooks's basement. And we were we were we were learning. That's why I brought in Phil Collins. You know, if you go listen to Hide the Word on the second album, mm-hmm. okay. But the drummer, I, I listened to Level Forty Two, and I listened to Phil Collins and them. And uh, my drummer was crazy about Phil Collins, so we said we're gonna put this one part in there that Phil does his toms. All mm-hmm. right, so it says when it looks like everything to you, rap. Boom. And did he think that it's didn't do? He would go past the one. So he'd go, bruh, 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 bruh,
he would go pace and watch. I'm going to do this. And, and we went into a thing, but we he would do something. Then I would do something. Or Mark King would do this right here. Boom, boom, boom. And this would never do. Well, let's do this right here. We were blessed to experiment with music and still keep a pocket. That was the beauty wow. of commission, man. That's what I love. Wow, you mentioned level forty-two. I was about to say, um, what's his name's bass playing? Mark uh, King. Mark King. Yes, yes. I, Amazing. I, I, I definitely see that. Yeah, uh, Arrow. He wanted to. Uh, he wanted to ask you. Well, wanted you to tell the story of recording, writing, and recording running back to you. Oh man, it was funny <laughs> because that's actually just came up about three years ago as a sore spot. Really? Just came up in oh. a source spot. Yeah. Uh, it, it was supposed to be in a little movie thing we was talking about doing. And um, I won't blow people's cover, but I'll just tell you what happened. Okay. Um, we were in there, and this record, we had, a, we had an artist named Derek Brinkley, you know, and I was going to give this song to him. Okay. And um, they said, well, no, why don't you keep it? So I said to Keith, I said, because it's my personal testimony. And I said, Keith, man, why don't you sing this song? Because we always wanted to make sure everybody felt more comfortable. You know, like, I don't want to seem like I'm doing everything. So I wrote this song, you know, and I said, Keith, would you do it? Keith is more straight lace of all of us. He was very much the straight lace guy, you know, very cool. But he, he, he went out there in these streets like we was. We was out there. And um, he said, man, I'm not real comfortable with doing that song. I said, well, I'll go do the demo of it. And you guys kind of listen to it. So what we would do is I, the, the person would sing the lead, and then we go start making up background parts. So I went in there, and I sang the song. And I'm looking at the guys in there, and they're just kind of sitting like this, you know. And, uh, and so I'm singing the parts, I'm singing the parts. And finally, I, put, I look in there after I finish, and I put the headphones down. And nobody's, you know, not saying, man, great song. They're just sitting there. And so I walk from the microphone to the studio, 10 feet, going past double doors. And when I got in there, everybody was looking at me like this. And I was, I didn't know what to expect. So I just sat down and one of the guys said, good job, man, good job. And I said, okay, cool. So I'm listening to the playback and I turned around to the guys. I said, so guys, let's start putting some backgrounds to it. Let's put some backgrounds to it. And the guy said, I don't think you should put no backgrounds. Now here's the here's the here's the dirt. Here's a little dirt. One of the guys, when I was coming from the vocal booth to the room, said, mm -hmm. "So y'all gonna just let him do a solo on this record?" Oh, man. And when I got in there, everybody was off guard. So that was the look. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was the look. And so I, the rest of the guys told me this literally three years ago. Oh, you didn't wow. and I you, always wait thought, what they just told me this three years ago. Wow. That and so wait. when I walked in the room, I walked in and the person said, Hey man, you should just go ahead and do it yourself. And I said, No, nah, man, I don't want nobody thinking I'm trying to do no no solo or nothing like that. They said, Man, no, nah, you good. The guys were trying to process what they just dealt with. Oh, so they sat there, and what you hear is the demo, is the actual song itself today. 
Wow. Wow. Man. We were still, here's the thing. We were still regular dudes. We were still people with insecurities. We were people, we were guys, boys trying to be raising, trying to turn into men. We had idiosyncrasies. We had group issues. So when I see something like The Temptation Story, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, you know, I feel that pain. When I see that five heartbeats, I feel that pain. When I see the Jacksons, when I see uh, a new edition. Man, we all went through that. It's nothing different in gospel. People have desires and this, that, and other. We just didn't cuss each other a fight. But man, it was still the same drama. You know what I mean? And that was one of them moments. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, James and I are from the tri-state area. So the gospel station I always listened to. My parents went full Christian on me like around mid-80s. <laughs> and there was a station called WZZB, of which, you know, you can hear some whinings, but then it would be like, the people of the day, you know, or Sandy Patty, uh, uh, Michael <laughs> W. Smith, or or uh, you know <laughs> Leslie Curtis, yeah, 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 all the, the all those groups, Twilight Paris, like were you guys ever accepted in the the sort of white mainstream contemporary Christian set, or were you guys strictly just like on your side of the fence, or you know was there mixing? You know, would they have, I don't know, festivals or churches would invite you guys or like? Brilliant question. We did have a few churches. So if we did 30 gigs a year, you know, two of them would be a white church or a big white <laughs> festival, you know, a big white festival. The guy that brought Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith to town, his name was Art. He would try to get us in events because he was just a really good friend and him and Derek Dirksen, Derek was trying to cross us over to let people see what we did. But we didn't do a lot of them, but we had enough, you know, festivals. Festivals were big back then. So 
we would go on stage, you know, right before Petra or right before, you know, uh, Striper, you know. Oh, uh, would you try to kill him? Would you try to kill him? <laughs> yeah, we was doing our thing. I saw a picture. I saw a picture the other day. Somebody sent me something. I'm gonna probably post it uh, in a day or so, where we were doing the the monument. Watch, it's called. I forgot what it was called, but it was a big Freedom Fest, and it's one of the largest white festivals of, around. And they brought us there. It looks like the crowd is sitting on us because we were singing. That's when Marvin Sapp was in the group. He had just mm-hmm. got in the group, and but the reality was it was 118 degrees and people were falling out. They told everybody, sit down for every group, it, no matter who it was, because people were falling out and it was taking people away. And it had to be like the mall was filled. So it probably was about 30,000 people on the lawn, you know. So, you know, I just saw that the other day and I'm gonna probably post it in, in a day or so. But, uh, yeah, they, we had a, a decent fair, but we basically stayed on our side of the fence. I want to get to his last album with Commission at least to see what the difference is in starting the band 10 years ago in, in 84, 85, and what prompted to the the initial split from the group in, in 94 with Matters of the Heart. Could, could you just talk about the time period? Uh, the, the first record after the split was number seven. That was, that was the, the first record. Okay. Okay. Uh, what ended up happening was Michael Brooks ended up getting a, a really good deal with Polygram, Raina Bundy, and Polygram in New York, and she made him her, his staff her staff producer, and you know he was kind of A and R director, and he was still with us, but he was really really busy doing that, and he reached out to Keith and said, "Hey man, we'll do a solo record on you." And Benson Records passed on Keith's solo deal. They gave him an option to do it. They said, no, we invested in commission. We don't think you should be doing that. Well, we had something in our contract that said first right of refusal. If you pass, it's it. Well, Keith went on ahead and signed with Brooks under his production company with Raina Polygram. And um, uh, it's called Lection Records was the name of the record company. Mm -hmm. They ended up, Benson got really mad. Benson Records got really mad. So they came to me and said, he can't stay in this group if this is going to happen. Y'all need to get him out and this, that, and that. So the record company basically made us split and said, well, man, you can't be a part of us if you're going to do that. And so him and Mike went their way. So now the whole record from number seven and then Matters of the Heart is all in my hands to produce. And I brought Mitchell on because that was my boy. And he had, Mitchell had an amazing sound. He understood, you know, flavor. He understood, he had a flavor to it. So that I'm learning, that's Mitchell and Parks, but that's our groove behind it. But that's their pin. You know, Ordinary Just Won't Do, Mitchell and Parks. Some of the greatest songs, they had, they just had that, that thing, but we had the music behind it. So number seven, you know, I brought in my boy Bernard Wright. We did King of Glory. We did I Can't Live Without You. And Bernard was- Bernard Wright? Is this the album I say? Is this yeah. who do you love? Yes, yes. Okay. He stayed with me, he hung out with me, and me and him was like that. And he, so if you listen to King of Glory, you'll hear me and Bernard, you know, and then you listen to I Can't Live Without You, you hear me and Bernard. My first solo record, I Came to Jesus with the Fly Band, me and Bernard. Grace for me <laughs> every day, me and Bernard. Wow. And um, then Bernard went and got his record deal 
from another record company and he moved on. So that was what that was. So our sound, I was able to take the funk that was always in me and drive it and say, this is what we're going to do. And then we got to, uh, we got a little bit more polished because we were, we got to matters of the heart and we wanted to sound a little older. So then I got with my boy, Chucky Booker and we did, you know, love is the way And we did. You can always come home with run DMC. And we just, we experimented with great music. So we had CCM sound. We had that funk Chucky Booker sound. And then we had that commission funk in the middle of there sometimes. So that was kind of how that was birthed. Yeah. And that was my last record. That was my last record. And then after that, that was when you did uh, Radicals for Christ. Radical for Christ. That was my last record. And we had another split at that point in time. Oh, really? And I thought I was I was gonna get rid of the other guys. It wasn't gonna be me, you know. I'm I'm in good with the record company. And, you know, it is what it is. Now, some, which one of you is going? I'm not leaving. You know, I've already proven myself. I'm I'm the golden child. They love the records. It's selling. And we had a meeting one time, and they said this. They brought a lot of different things that wasn't true. And we sat down with a pastor, and I'm like, okay, one of you, some somebody leaving. It ain't gonna be me. We, we hear, no, I'm not moving. And somebody read, I won't say which one it was. Mm-hmm. He said, read the bottom line. And he said, because the pastor said, I don't see anything wrong here. There's nothing out of order. The receipts are in place. Everything that you guys are saying, I don't see it. What's the bottom line? And he said, we do not believe God called Fred to be the leader of our group. And it took all the air out of me because I picked, I, I handpicked the guy that was reading it. <laughs> what? And I sat back in my chair and I went through all the emotions right there. And then I told, I said, give me a week. And I went back to my little spot, my little studio. And I went to everywhere in the Bible in the New Testament that talked about belief. Okay. And the main scripture was, Jesus was in his own town, preaching to his own people. And they said, who does this guy think he is? Don't we know his sisters and them? Who do you think, where did he get all this knowledge from? And he said, he marveled at their unbelief. And then this was the thing that made me give it up. He said, many mighty miracles he could not do because of their unbelief. And I closed the Bible. I said, I can get these guys 10 Grammys. They all have Rolls Royces, Bentleys, and they won't believe it's me. So I'm out. And I just handed everything over. I said, y'all can have it. And I went into a wilderness. I did not know what I was going to do. I went into a depression. We sang one more year. And then I had to figure out what I was going to do. And, and I this, went is 90, this is 94? This 94, still? Yeah. 394? 394. Yeah. And gotcha. that's when I heard start a choir. And I was like, now I'm going to keep it 100. You know, and I don't, you know, I got to keep it careful because I don't want to get canceled. You know, I didn't care for choirs for the persona that it carried at the time. And that's, that's all I'm going to tell you. It just, I I'm a dude, you know, and I didn't, I didn't care for it. You know, I didn't care for what people looked at choirs. And I saw Kirk on a show and I saw David Mann. I saw Big Dalen, uh, my boy Dalen. I saw, and they was with it. And so then I knew John P. Key. So I started listening to John and John was thugging. I knew John, Me, I helped him get his first deal. And so I started listening. I started listening to show up like 
for four months straight. And I'm hearing this hard driving thing. And I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. So I, I, I was friends with Billy Steele. So I paid attention to Sounds of Blackness because at that point in time, Jimmy and Terry had just killed the game with Sounds of Blackness. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing this transformation and I'm going into it. And I finally, I come up with RFC. I said, this is going to be our flavor. We're going to do this. We're going to do praise and worship. And nobody knew what praise and worship was at that time. Praise and worship is just how you say the lyrics you're saying. So when people are saying, I've been down, boom, and I'm going to get back up, they were singing where they were in life. They Mm. were singing, baby, you need a pair of shoes. Even got a light bill due. Because this is my problem. I'm going to turn over to the Lord. He'll work it out. But I started lifting the Lord up. So I'm doing this beat. And I got my MPC. I got all my cards. And I'm loading samples up. And I'm doing this one beat. Boom. 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 And I stopped the sample. And you know how an MPC, the sample would do, go over. It was stay so playing, yeah. Right. Hit it again. Glory to glory to glory. And that's how it started. It changed into wow. a whole thing. You know, so I just took praise and worship that white people were doing brought it over to the black church. And I told, I tell white people, I said, you guys cook string beans and it still has snap in it. We don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> we like our stuff to be almost gray. It needs to be wilted, turkey leg in there, and it needs to have not a nutrient around it. <laughs> it cook all the life out of it. I don't want to taste a ribo. I don't want to taste a oh, ribo. I don't want to taste calcium. I don't want none of that fiber. Nothing. Uh, none of uh. that. This, this shouldn't be no good. So that's what my praise and worship was. It was, we just took their stuff that was neat mm. and we just put some turkey leg in there. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was such an education, especially in watching with, with you and Kirk doing verses together. Yeah. And going through, you know, going through your history. How, how does it feel when now like contemporary secular acts, be it Diddy, Snoop Dogg did a gospel record. Like, how does it feel to be embraced by that community to whom that, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago, I, I think maybe the most radical thing I saw 30, 40 years ago was maybe like Maurice White singing with a gospel act. But, you know, now it's, it's very commonplace. Like, how does it feel to get embraced by the world Respect feels good. Respect just feels good. And that's all we ever wanted was respect, you know, to be treated like we're real musicians. We're not church musicians. We're real musicians who made a choice to sing church stuff. And now that's what it is. So I can look at you. I can look at the roots. I can pay attention. I, pay attention. I, I, I watch, you know, you guys. I remember when you guys went on and got the gig. We all talked mm-hmm. about it. That was stuff about that we talked about. I paid attention to the sound that came out of Philadelphia, music, soul child. Now we just embrace each other because, you know, at the end of the day, each, every one of us on here, our brothers and, and sisters, we're a family of music first. What we talk about, whether it's hip hop, gospel, that's just something we choose to have a conversation about. But first and foremost, we all have the passion of the beat, the drum, the bass, the keys, the sound, the lyric. And now we can have those conversations with each other. And we respect them. Like I said, my brother, we're in here right now preparing for Ricky, Bobby, Rod, Johnny, and Mike. We're preparing for them right now. Mm. All of our gear is getting ready to go out. And when I go and see them, I love them. And we just, we hug up, we dap up, and we just respect each other. You know what I mean? I really can't wait for this. For me, this education is important because, you know, James, James can attest to this, especially in the last two years. I've been like really catching up on a lot of things that I missed and wasn't able, you know, the, like the quarantine period that we're in now is a slow down period where, you know, we get time to ourselves and really I get to catch up on books and things, music that I otherwise wouldn't have caught up on because I'm working so much. And I was, you know, when, when my ears said that you wanted to do Questlove Supreme, I was, you know, I was like, thank God, because I didn't want to be the only person in life who listened to crash cuts more than I've listened to Fred Hammond. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, that's my man cut. Man, boy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Today, my birthday. I, <laughs> so I thank you for this, man. You know, I, I truly thank you. Almost in closing, I just want to know, 
well, in the aftermath of the pandemic, how has your life changed and how has the circuit, or at least your life in music changed since oh, yeah. March of 2020? Because he's about to go on tour, allegedly. Yeah, we're about to do Hezekiah, who was one of my best but good friends. We're hitting the road. Hezekiah, Marvin Sapp, myself, and Israel Holden hitting the road oh, wow. in March. Festival of Praise Tour. But you know what, man? It's, it's weird because streaming has killed us. Streaming. Really? Has killed us. Has it? The church? I mean, they, here's, the they, no, here's the thing. Our, our people are just starting to get on streaming. This year, right, they're right. just starting to oh. oh, COVID. No, no, no. He's saying the, oh, with you. Yeah, because of COVID. That's why they have to catch up. They don't have a choice. So they couldn't go nowhere. Right. But listening. So on their refrigerators, on their computers, listening, they discovered Pandora. They discovered Spotify. Yeah, they, they have. Apple, you know what I'm saying? So they're, they're listening. Now, here's the thing. It's kind of a cruel joke, and it's not God's fault. But mm. it feels like a cruel joke because I still have so much music in me to create. Okay. But... There's no real outlet. Like, I just did a record, man. I just did a record with this was this company called Venice. And I put it out. It's called Sunday Morning Fred. And it's on, it's on Apple Music right now. But And it's one of the leading Black streaming records out there. And I'm not on a major label. But it's not saying nothing because I'm streaming like 7,000, like 36,000 uh copies a week streams a week on this new record and that's not really that good it's not really that financially good. yeah it's, it's it's like man i put a lot of money into it to to make it happen and mm-hmm. so on my facebook page i got a whole i got the whole concert i got the whole concert i did it in my warehouse and it's a throwback of old fred it's pages of the life fred it's that vibe and um but man gospel is in a tunnel because R&B died. And I tell everybody that. When R&B died, I'm talking about LTD. I'm talking about mm-hmm. time. I'm talking about Anita and Luther. When we could listen to them, we were, what made commission happen is because you could listen to something like you, like you said. Man, your father said you can listen to them. And we gave you the time. We gave you some prints. We gave you these, these people because we had something to lean on. Well, now those people are gone. That, that music is gone. Mm-hmm. It's nothing new coming out. They're and not, therefore, okay. and, no. God, and gospel has gone back to traditional or to Maverick. Maverick is the white version of black gospel. What is and Maverick, was- Maverick City. Maverick City is the new praise and worship. It's the hot, it's the hottest praise and worship company out there live. And when I tell you they got some amazing artists, but what it is is a lot of the young people now have gone over there and they've taken the sound of black music and they've made it less black. Okay. You have to go research it. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's people like uh, Chandler Moore. I mean, I tell you, this guy is amazing. But what they're doing is they're creating a new space for these guys to write and to do their thing. So I can't be mad at them. I'm never going to be mad at somebody doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Maverick mm-hmm. is the hottest thing going. Maverick City. 
but I can do Maverick because I'm too, I'm too soulful. I, I, I don't have that thing. And uh, man, check it out. Check it out. So you're saying right now, there's really not, there's really not a space for you to be creative and release product and have it be monetarily worth it. So would you, Fonte, would you say this is sort of where you were in like 2003, like trying say, to figure out kind of where do we fit in? Are you saying this is where you were in 2003, like when you started Little Brother and try to figure out? I mean, now I, I would assume now in 2022, 20 years later, the lane that you're in is is rather oh, lucrative. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it makes sense. But at the time, the, the it was beauty, just whatever. The beauty of what I did that, that a lot of my counterparts didn't do back in the commission days is I really felt God told me to just keep putting music out, even though I wasn't in the best record company position, even though they were making the money and I wasn't. I kept hearing him saying, just keep putting music out, keep putting it out. And my guys were saying, rightfully, I'm not going to let them pimp me. I'm, I'm, I'm out the game. I, before you pimp me, I'm going to leave. But I kept making the music. Now, my catalog is what it is. Mm-hmm. Spotify, I did 22 million streams this year. That's Spotify alone. Pandora, plus this, plus that. Mm-hmm. And my catalog is burning through like crazy. So people want to keep me where they met me, though. That's what oh, that's they don't want you team. to evolve. They don't want you to they evolve. They don't want me to evolve. They're like, mm-hmm. I've reached that Frankie uh, Beverly status. I've reached Baby <laughs> status. I've reached yeah. Stevie Wonder uh, status. I'm make. I will make a, a suggestion. I'm putting this out. This is on QLS. I'm saying this This needs to happen. Because I think I think I see a lane for you, Brother Fred, if I may. If I may offer, okay, listen. This is the same thing that, you know, that Rick James did. Like, when you have the, the, the veteran act being produced by the younger producer. So... Rick James when he produced The Temptations, yeah. Amir when he produced uh, Al, Al Green. Green. I think your next James project, when he James Boyd too. No, oh yeah, James. James oh, that's right. Yeah, James was there. All right. Yeah, James and Amir. Absolutely. My fault. My fault, James. My fault, Jay. Uh, Jay. Uh, I know what you meant, James. Go ahead. Yeah, both of y'all. Y'all did uh, Al Green. <laughs> I think your next project, Fred. I think you should be produced by Devin Morrison. Oh, oh! Like when I'm talking Word. about, I don't know if you know him. I don't know if you know him, but Devin Devin's Morrison funny. is a singer. He's a singer producer is... out of. He's from out of uh, Florida, but he's based in I think L.A. now. Devin is when I tell you a student of Commission. When I when I found out you were coming Absolutely. on the show, I reached out to him. I was like Devin, like I know Commission, but like I'm not I'm not a church dude, so I, I need to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? He made me a playlist of like his favorite joints. He was like, all right, this is what you need. These are the joints. These are the producers. Da, da, da. Like he knows your whole thing. And send a joint to me. Send a joint to me. Yeah, I'll send, I'll send you the playlist. And when I listened to the playlist, I was like, oh my God, this is Devin's DNA. Like this is, he is a student and, and a student That's of your music and loves you, bro. Like Make I seriously happen, think Fonte. y'all could kill something. Like for real, for real. Know. That's the beauty of it. To work with my, my newest, these young cats, I love working with them. You know, I love working with him, so I'm down. You know, man, I'm down. I will link y'all up, straight up and down. Like, for, that needs Yo, to happen. Man. I'm so QLS magic. QLS magic. It happens sometimes. <laughs> Wait, James, is there anything yeah. of importance that we missed? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We the heathens over here, uh, so, you know. Man, it's, it's, it's just so much music. I just got to tell you how much of an influence you've had on my life musically and I just want to thank you for that. I don't know if you remember 
we met Mar my brother Marvin McQuitty introduced us when you came to Philly. This is this is years back. Rest in peace, yeah, Marvin, man. My, Rest in my peace. brother. Yeah. But just I just I just gotta say thank you, man. For, thank you for the music. Thank you for, for who you are. That's all right up say. and down, for real. For real. I appreciate you all. And I uh I, this night was special to me. Oh. I have not done a Zoom this long. Now listen, I would have been checked out the whole, the whole long time ago because I'd be okay. We just talked about everything else, but when you you get into the history and you get into the musicology of it all, man, you guys are amazing. The night was amazing. Quest, man, you don't understand. I really am a fan. And I am a fan, brother. I, really, I, really. I thank you, and I received that. Thank you so much for, for doing this for us. Um, I really appreciate it. And thank you. Nah, for real. Yo, real quick, Fred. Do I have Do I have permission? Yo. Can I get your number from Arrow? And I'll link y'all. I'll link yeah, your Devin up. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. I'll hit, and, for me Quest, I don't mess with people when I go places if they don't really recognize me. I'm the kind of person that'll stand with my family, and I'm cool. You know, because sometimes you meet a star. And they don't know you today. They know you tomorrow. They know mm -hmm. you, when, when you when you ain't in front of people. And I don't right. know how the people. You and I met one time. Oh, we were, no. We were at, no, no, no. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Uh, okay. It was the Grammys. We was at the Grammys. And okay. I was behind you. It was in L.A. And I was behind you. And somebody was kind of, they were, they were like messing with your tickets or something, you know. And it was you and your mom. Y'all were together. And so I said, Hey, hey, bro, you good? And you you turned around and said, "Hold on a second, man." And <laughs> I and so the girl I was with, she's like, "Don't bother him." Don't bother. I said, "I think he's having some problems up there." And I said, "I'm a, I believe in him enough to try it one more time." Oh and shit! You okay. got free, and I got free. I walked up to you and I said, "Hey, man, I just want to tell you I'm a fan." My name is Fred Hammond. And man, you embraced me with the biggest hug. Oh, he lost his shit when you said his <laughs> okay. name. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said your name. He was probably, oh, Lord. <laughs> Brother, he yeah. embraced me with the, it was almost like, snap. Oh, yeah, okay, man. <laughs> I was scared. I was scared where and he was said, going. And he said, this is my mom. And we hugged and this, that, and other. We talked and I introduced you to the person I was with. And man, that that made my day because I didn't really walk up to a whole bunch of people that night. I'm not that dude that walk up. Oh, there goes so and so. Yo, ho, what's up, man? Yo, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love me. to see that though. You don't know me. I don't know you. I I'm know that's right. But man, you were too close. We were in the tunnel on our way. You were too close for me not to say something. Here's Quest Love, man. I'm like, man, let me just talk to my man for a minute. It man. was nervous that first one. It was like, it felt like a big willow tree was growing over because shade was Yo. starting to come. <laughs> Brother, I, I didn't get you on site, but definitely your name holds holy because if there's anyone who made me go in the basement and rehearse endlessly to keep up with the cats that was listening to commission, it was you. So <laughs> you, thank you. You and you know, I, I give credit to my dad, like my dad making me go in the basement and rehearse, but you know, that was from like eight to thirteen. But definitely once I got to high school, you were definitely the spark that really, really brought my musicianship out, brother. And I, I thank you for that. Thank you. Oh, I'll, you I'll so say much. this and I'll I'll be done. Okay. You you guys, when you do stuff like this, you add validity to who we are as gospel oh. artists. 
you guys did something and y'all mentioned my name in the middle of one of these two, three hour shows. And my people listened to it. And they, my guy sent me, about five people sent me, yo man, Questlove said your name. They talked about you and they marked the spot. Go to this spot and you can hear it. And I did it. And I sat there and man, it brought a smile to my face. It's not like somebody sent me something. They said, I said, oh yeah. When they sent it to me, I wanted to just know because of how I feel about you, how I feel about your group, how I feel about your accomplishments and everything that you guys are doing. I just wanted to hear that. And it was it was validation to me. It's a respect. And you guys had such nice things to say. And whoever the guest was on that time, they were talking nice about it as well. So I just want to tell you, man, when you guys do this to us, it's a blessing, man. Trust me, we're listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, on behalf of of Laia, Sugar Steve. Yeah, I'm about to win that in in eight. And a double A. Come on, come yeah. on, come on. You don't even know what you don't even know what it is. Come on, get the A's right. The A's are important. They're the most important. They're the most important. They're the most important. Know, and, and particular in 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 unpaid bill and our special guest James Forza. James Forza soon but, to come as a Quest Love Supreme yeah, guest. I was about to say we're gonna have a James Forza yes. episode soon. Oh yeah, okay. sure. yeah. yeah you, brother. Oh, Hammond, thank you so much for doing this for us, and we appreciate it. This is Quest Love. Quest Love Supreme. We will see you on the next go-round. Thank you. Quest Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hills and Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.